Public health is a population-based field of science focused on preventing disease and promoting health. Every week, we will be engaging in interactive discussions and analyses of the latest public health issues affecting you and your communities all around the world. This is the Public Health Insight Podcast. Hi, my name is Will, and I'm here today with Gordon, Sully, and a special guest who will be introduced later. Before we move on, it is important to note that the views expressed in this podcast are our own and do not represent any of the organizations we work for or are affiliated with. In this episode, we will be talking about the social determinants of health and discuss why they must be considered in order to improve the long-term health and well-being for individuals and populations. We will then examine the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic from a social determinants of health lens and reflect on some important lessons learned. Our guest holds a Master of Public Health degree from Western University and is a public health professional based in Calgary, Alberta, with experience in patient advocacy, health promotion, and suicide prevention. She is passionate about working towards health equality, health equity, particularly in racialized communities through addressing systemic barriers and challenging accepted norms. Please welcome back our friend and colleague, Linda Holdbrook. Hi, everyone. Woohoo! Hello. Welcome back, Linda. Welcome. Thank you for having me again. Our colleague and new (laughs) co-host. Yes. (laughs) It's on. You you can't back out of it now. It's on there. Yeah. I mean, if you're offering, I'm down. (laughs) All right. We got it here. It's official. (laughs) I wanted to start our discussion off today by taking a high level look at what are the social determinants of health and I think as public health professionals, we realize how important this concept is. So maybe let's start off by some loose definitions and hear what this term might mean for everyone and how they understand the social determinants of health. Well, for me, when I think of the social determinants of health, I like to first start with how health has normally been conceptualized, kind of the traditional or historical definition, where it was more so just a biological thing or genetics. So it's like there's something wrong with your body, you take this medication, and then you're you're fixed, your problem is solved. But the social determinants offers a broader lens, and these are factors that are beyond just genetics and biology. It's more in regards to the social and economic factors. So things like your environment, um, your education level, income, even things like racism, all those can impact your health. And it doesn't have anything to do with just your genetics. I think that's a very good um, starting point for us to springboard this discussion off of. And just adding to what you said, Linda, when I think of social determinants of health, I agree with you in that it's the aspects of health that's outside of the traditionally held beliefs of biology and the the genetics and the scientific um, things like that, right? Mm -hmm. And another thing that I wanted to add is that it's also um, related to the social side are things like the political system and the, the different social policies or various policies that are in place that play a role in the governance and side of things. Mm-hmm. Things like even things like economic policies, um, you know, economic systems, things like that, which influence how individuals live. But as public health professionals, I think we understand that these things have a broad effect on people's health. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's a good point because that's the reason social is part of the phrase, right? Because determinant of health 
you think of biological and genetic factors that determines someone's propensity for getting, you know, certain types of diseases. But um, social determinants of health looks at how other human beings interact with communities, interact with organizations, interact with institutions, and then how that plays a role in our ability to be healthy. And I want to go back to the genetic example in particular because we're actually learning now. Genetics was traditionally thought to be kind of a one-way thing where genes just determine someone's, you know, health. But we're seeing that environment, the environment can also influence how your your genes are expressed in the new kind of scientific field of epi- epigenetics, right? Yes. So we're seeing that pe- we're seeing that people living in st- uh, stressful conditions it also impacts the way their their genes are expressed, and that can potentially be passed down to their offspring in the concept mm-hmm. of kind of intergenerational trauma and things like that. So even some of the traditional concepts we're finding out that we've been thinking about it wrong all along. Yeah, it's as simple as, you know, we are influenced by our environments. That's what it comes down to. Nicely put, I think so. it also highlights how powerful the social determinants are because they can act as a buffer, Gordon, as you were saying, on how mm. our genes are expressed. And so it can, it can be protective factors or risk mm. factors. And so the more we educate ourselves on these concepts, then we can improve people's health or even see how these factors are reducing people's health. And I think something Will, in this definition, Will always says, it's you're looking at the causes of the causes, right? Mm-hmm. So in, in, mm-hmm. in one example, I was watching a video and um, I think it was a TED Talk. You guys know I love my TED Talks. Um, yep. So yeah, so he was going through, say, okay, what is the cause of a heart, heart attack? And then he's like, you know, a doctor might say, okay, it's when plaque builds up in your arteries and then, you know, the blood gets obstructed and then, you mm-hmm. know, cuts off circulation and you get a stroke and all that stuff. But he's like, okay, what caused that to happen in the first place? And then he kind of goes up to, okay, maybe it's healthy be- behaviors, maybe you know, people don't have access to good quality food or it's not affordable. And then you go up another level. Okay, why don't people have access to these foods? And then you go to unequal distribution of wealth and you you go up the ladder till you find kind of the mo- most upstream cause of the phenomenon you're, you're observing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that we've kind of presented what our understanding of this term is, I just wanted to share a couple of definitions that I had here listed. Um, so just to kind of yes, yeah, so I set the scene for the rest of our discussion. Um, so the World Health Organization defines the social determinants of health as the conditions in which people are born, grow, work, live, and age, and the wider set of forces and systems shaping the conditions of daily life. These forces and systems include economic policies and systems, development agendas, social norms, social policies, and political systems. And for us in Canada, the Canadian Public Health Association has a very simple definition for the social determinants of health, which is, I think, what we've said um, is captured very well in this, is that the social and economic factors that influence people's health. Very mm-hmm. simple. There's no there's no ceiling on it. There's no box. <laughs> it's like you hear and you, you know, that makes sense, but it's, it's like opening an, another door to a whole, you know, complete new discussion here. So depending on the organization or the governing body or whoever, I've seen reports out there or um, lists with, you know, things like 12 social determinants of health. Mm-hmm. Now, other organizations say like 10, you know, got 15. Yeah. I think aside from like the specific numbers, um, I think there are certain determinants which can be agreed across the board mm-hmm. that have um, very significant impact on individual and population health. Mm-hmm. So maybe let's go through some of these in detail and 
talk a bit about how they might relate to health because I think some of them makes a lot more sense than others and a lot easier to make that connection. But others, I, I don't see that connection as clear. Mm-hmm. So yeah, okay. let's, let's, let's go through some of these. Um, I guess I, I can start with the first one here that I've listed and it's education. I would say prior to my exposure to public health or even just the broader field of population health or whatever, I would have never drawn that connection between education and health. Mm-hmm. And the only connection I would have drawn is that we learn about health in education. <laughs> right. But right. But um, yeah, let's let's talk about it. What's what do you guys think is the key connection here? Like how how is health related to education? Yeah. So I think for in general, when you're determining social determinants of health, you look at kind of certain factors that are kind of similar across the board for people who um, seem to do very well and thrive in life and for people who don't do very well and don't thrive in life, right? So these are some of the factors that are commonalities, you know, that de- determines your ability to be prosperous in terms of health and um, and wealth or not, right? So So in the case of education, I know from research that for people who don't finish high school across the board in terms of chronic disease and and, and as well as um, good paying jobs, they do less well. So that's just one example of educational attainment um, determining your health. Yeah, Gordon, just to build on that, I agree. I'd say education can determine the type of jobs you have access to, which then influences your income and then which can also influence the ability to, you know, afford certain types of food or certain places to live. But um, I think another aspect where education can come in is with health literacy. And Mm -hmm. so often you hear medical professionals or, you know, if you read an article, it's, it's geared towards a certain audience. It's, Mm -hmm. it's very high level. So depending on your level of education, that information may not be accessible to you. So there's a, there's a, Another factor that education can impact health through health literacy. Right. So it affects your ability to kind of access or utilize healthcare. And even one thing I'm being on as well, because from my experience in the pharmacy, so maybe you finally navigate your way to kind of getting the healthcare you need. Maybe, you know, you have an underlying condition that you need to be addressed. So problem solved, right? You go to the doctor, here's a prescription. Then you get the prescription and it says, take TID, PRN and it's just like okay so I'll just, right so I'll just take three of these because I feel like you oh I don't feel well maybe I'll just take another pill that's not really clear on the bottle so even health literacy comes in with access and even tr- treatment management or management of your disease if you're not you know privy to the correct information you're going to mismanage your health and then end up back where you started. So, Or even knowing that you are allowed to ask certain questions, because mm-hmm. if you don't ask certain questions, that information is not given to you. And, um, you know, in the past, I worked with um, clients with um, chronic diseases, and we worked mm-hmm. in how to navigate the health system together. And so often patients would have questions, but they didn't feel they were allowed to ask it. And I recognize I had a place of privilege coming from an educated background, Mm -hmm. knowing that we are allowed to ask these questions. And so I was able to use that position to help advocate for for the people that I worked with. But Mm -hmm. it's it's not often something that you think you're allowed to do because there is that level of authority versus, you know, a physician versus a, a client. And so, yeah, education plays a big role. 
those are some really great points. And especially that last point about understanding that you have like the authority. I kind of see that tying in with almost being educated on your, on your individual rights. And Mm. and I guess, and that kind of brings in the whole legal side of things. And it makes a lot of sense because we tend to, to think of education usually only as, you know, going to school, elementary, high school, middle school, you know, post-secondary or whatever. But like you guys mentioned with health literacy and even just like the, your understanding of rights, these are, these are all part of being educated and, these are all things that are taught to us. And I think that's a very important aspect of um, that connection between health and education. Linking back to something that Gordon previously mentioned earlier related to income and job opportunities, employment Mm -hmm. status. I think that's also another very important social determinant of health. And, you know, things like having a permanent job that's also you know, safe things like that right it's being able to you know go and work not only a job that will pay you um well but also in an employment environment that is void of any occupational hazards or um other risks maybe let's talk a bit about this determinant for a bit so even if you go back to i, I don't know when it was i wasn't born but the whole asbestos crisis you, you remember <laughs> asbestos, you guys try yes. asbestos right there's mm-hmm probably hundreds of thousands of people that have gotten you know different types of cancer because of asbestos in their kind of working environment so that alone right there and then it goes back to will what will was saying earlier to kind of tease out why something is more is distinct from another in terms of like okay income and education because you can look at it this way income determines your ability to get educated which then determines your ability to kind of get, you know, higher paying jobs that are more safe in some cases. Right. And then, you know, then that feeds into your ability to kind of, you know, the education piece with understanding your rights with how to access health services and health literacy. So it all comes back to to that. But to in terms of occupational hazards too, one of the reasons why social determinants of health, you know, it's a it's a well needed discussion is because you have to look on what types of groups are the ones that are most likely to work in high risk jobs right and then you know that brings you to other questions such as you know race or ethnic minorities or low levels of educational attainment which is why we have to address this at the um, structural level because the reason social determinants are, are a thing is because overwhelmingly you can recognize that there's a certain there's a pattern happening right there's you know people of color tend to live in poor housing so if you're someone who you know you're not really a critical thinker and you're not willing to go deeper than that you say okay these guys you know maybe they don't like to go to school and everything like that but you have to really go Mm -hmm. back and look at the reasons why the the situation is how it is maybe generations ago they didn't have the opportunity to to build up wealth from their grandfathers and their great-grandfathers to be able to send children to school they weren't able to purchase homes in the same way as you know um, you could say the white population, so they don't didn't have the same opportunities to accumulate wealth and then send their children to school. So you, it's you have to look at it as a system. If we don't stop to ask why we see these patterns, we run that risk of saying, you know, this attribute of, let's say, lower education or poor housing is inherent to a certain population. Mm-hmm. But if we ask why, then like you were saying, we see more of a systems issue of what caused that pattern to happen Mm -hmm. in the first place right one hot topic right is 
um, affirmative action, right, in terms of things like med school. And it's a very hot topic because, you know, getting a higher education, right, should be kind of more of a meritocracy or a merit-based system, right? So people wonder, okay, well, if my grades are good and your grades are good, why should you get in because you look different than me? And this is where you kind of have to look at this, the social terms of health because people were at a structural disadvantage from the start. And this is where, you know, the fight for equity comes in. Some people need more resources to kind of get to the same level as other groups because they're not historically disadvantaged. So I just want to bring that up as well. Right. What you said earlier, Gordon, about how this is all this all operates within a, is within a system. I think that's something that I want to highlight and hopefully have our listeners keep at the back of their mind throughout this discussion. That even I guess despite the fact that we're kind of right now picking out individual uh, determinants and mm-hmm. analyzing the relationship with health, an important message that we want to convey is that the all of these determinants are can be linked with one another, right? Mm-hmm. Well, for example, income is often considered like the, like one of the most important determinants right. of health because of its ability to affect the other determinants. Right. It's like a it's like an equalizer in a sense. Exactly. Mm-hmm. What you said earlier about you know having a, a level of income w- which allows you to go to school and which will in turn affect your um, job prospects, and then have, and it's, you know that job prospects once again loops back around having you know, income again, which affects your ability to have access to housing, you know, mm-hmm. ability to have access to food, things like uh, childcare, and you know, and all that on all sorts of things. And yeah, so I think um, coming to income, let's let's talk about a bit about that. I like to think about how when you, I guess, let's say you're struggling to, you know, pay for rent or, you know, buy groceries. I just Mm -hmm. think about, you know, the grad student life where you have a limited income and it's stressful and you're trying to study at the same time. And especially around final season, that stress, it impacts you. You maybe you're not sleeping well, you're not eating well, all of it. So imagine, too, let's say you're living kind of below the poverty line, really struggling to make ends meet not only for yourself, but perhaps a family, you have children, that stress is not just a one-time thing, it's chronic stress. Right. And, you know, research is showing that that elevated cortisol levels, um, that constant stress has negative impacts on your health as well. So then um, having health conditions that, again, you may struggle to be able to pay for, it's just a cycle. And so, well, like you were saying, you know, income is not just an isolated incident. Um, and yeah, I think to an extent, everybody can can agree that income is important, but we don't often make the connection of how it relates to everything else. Yeah, just a personal experience of mine was, so when, you know, when I was in, doing my master's, I remember, you know, and I think looking back, I was very fortunate enough to be in a financial situation at the time where I, you know, when finals or midterms or whatever came around and I was swamped with work, I was able to, you know, still oftentimes order takeout or whatever and still have the, I guess, food to nourish my body and, you know, can mm-hmm. help me get through, I guess, the the busy season. But, you know, and, you know, recognizing the privilege and um, you know, this, the the situation I was in, I could have easily been, you know, in, in a different situation where I didn't have that is that 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 financial security? For example, if I didn't have the financial security, mm. I would have had to think about you know 
cooking or even just like even finding food right on top of all the schoolwork and everything like that or getting a you know a job while you're going to school and stuff like that yeah and and i think it's just it's it's additional like like linda said additional stresses and pressures placed on top of you i guess when income is something that you have to worry about yeah i wanted to touch on the kind of the social gradient in terms of the social exclusion aspect of it because if you're of a lower socioeconomic status or lower income, it's not only that it affects you because you're not able to, you know, buy what you need or, you know, get your gym membership that you need and stuff like that. People often compare themselves to others. Like if the grad, you know, the master of public health class and everyone else is well off and you're the only one that's that, you know, has to work maybe two jobs while you're going to school, that's going to affect you mentally as well, right? Mm-hmm. So it also affects kind of your self-worth in a sense um, when you're amongst your peers or in society and how kind of the energy that you feel back and that kind of that influences your health in the mental sense as well. Mm-hmm. 100% for sure. Yeah, it's like maybe in some aspects, income discrepancies is more important to talk about than just pure income levels Mm. yeah Mm. and so i think as i mentioned earlier um people often consider income the i guess the most important social determinant as it is able to seep into the other determinants right but i'd like to you know consider the topic of race and race as the determinant of health and recently in the news or in just public discourse we've heard a lot about the disproportionate use of things like police brutality, or Mm. even unarmed individuals. What I want to argue is that I would consider race an even more important determinant of health than income. Mm -hmm. Because how I see it is that race, which is unfortunate, but like race is one of those things that has the ability to influence an individual's income, which not a lot of things can do, right? And if if we go off the previous um, definition that income is so important, if race can influence that, then does that make race even more important? I don't know. Just, just some, just some thoughts that I, I hadn't wanted to just ping it off you guys and see. Yeah, I would say if you want to talk about the causes of the causes, and this may be more of a semantics issue, but I think mm. that to say race is the determinant of health is incorrect. And mm. you know, so many, you know, the Canadian Public Health Agency and others will mm. say that race is the determinant of health, but to, to be black or Latino or Asian, like that itself is not. Mm. a risk or protective factor I, I would say it's like racism is the determinant mm. of health it's mm. that structure of inequity and hierarchy that our society has created is mm. the determinant of health and so sometimes it gets tricky because we'll see statistics that say you know indigenous people are this and black people are this and these groups have higher rates of this disease than that but we don't say why and mm. so you it kind of creates that narrative of oh if I see somebody from this ethnicity, I'm just going to think they're more... It, like, it reinforces those biases. Mm. And so I think that's something as a public health community we could try mm. to work towards. Instead of pathologizing a race, we right. we talk more about the system of inequity. Yeah, yeah. That You just got me thinking because it's almost like, is it a more appropriate word then to be you know, discrimination as a determinant of health. And then you can kind of piece out, you know, gender-based discrimination and then, you know, race-based discrimination. But I want to go back to what Will said. And this has been on my mind, right? Because I, there's been people talking about, um, okay, there's there's like social justice 
um, equality and equity, right? And it's like, it's almost like it's a hierarchy where, you know, equity is better than equality and then social justice is better than all of them. But I argue that they're all important and the reason they're all important, right? So if you have a person of color and then you have a white person going for the same job, right? They grew up with in affluent neighborhoods, had the same education, same gender, all else equal. And then the white person gets a job over the the black person then right there race was the determinant of whether the person got the job right but then what linda is saying too then is not that it's race in of itself it's just how society views race mm-hmm. right right it's how society views race and mm-hmm. that leads and then if you just if, if if someone is disadvantaged because of a race that means discrimination took place hence why might discrimination might be a more appropriate determinant of health to call it mm-hmm. um, and yeah. like maybe specify the type of discrimination for right. sure so we know how you know how to address the problem but Ooh. sometimes we run the risk of saying you know this problem is inherent to black people or inherent mm. to asian yeah. people or indigenous people but but that's not the case we're gonna have to publish a paper on this just Thank you for listening to the Public Health Insight Podcast, your go-to space for informative conversations, inspiring community action. If you enjoy our content and would like to stay up to date, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. To learn more about our community initiatives and how you can support us, visit our website at thepublichealthinsight.com. Join the PHI community and let's make public health viral.